0: You're listening to the iZombie podcast with Robin and Steph, a fan podcast about the CW show iZombie. My name is Robin, and I'm the freaking murder victim whisperer.
1: Uh my name is Stephanie and I'm drunk. I'm really not. <laughs> I'm really not.
0: All right. Well, uh good to be here another week with you, Steph, as we work our way We're almost done with season 1. Wow. Yeah. Like next week we're going to we're going to uh mainline 3 episodes and then we'll be done. And it's really picking up. Um, I I almost was uh, more excited about uh, Mr. Berserk than uh, Patriot Games. I forgot how great of an episode Mr. Berserk is. So, uh, uh, I just
1: I hate these episodes. I mean, it's not that they're not good episodes,
0: uh-huh.
1: but I hate these episodes. They're so <laughs> sad. <laughs> they're
0: so sad. <laughs> Uh, I, don't, I don't have much news I, 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 There was talk about A musical again They're kind of teasing us TV Guide doing interviews trying to get them To talk about a potential musical And um, everybody seems To be okay with it and, and up for it Except for uh, uh, Robert Buckley And Ralph Coley who definitely Do not want to do a musical zombie episode so uh, Check that out on TV, TV com Or I, I'm Sure, I posted it in the Facebook group and on our Twitter. So, um, the CW actually did release a tiny little smidgen of new iZombie in their CW mid season sizz- sizz- sizzle reel. It wasn't the sizzle reel that um, they showed at the TCAs for iZombie, but it was, it's like a, uh, uh, just a promotion for the entire network where mm-hmm. basically they show. Um, maybe two seconds of Liv standing near a window, and then the rest of it is like flash and arrow. <laughs> mm. So, so uh, I can
1: just imagine it. I, like I picture it in my head.
0: Yeah, yeah, pretty much. It's just. But I don't think I've seen that before. Funny enough, they sh- it was f- it's the mid they, they call it the mid season sizzle reel. Yet most of the stuff that they were promoting on it was like their full season shows that are already running. So there was like mm-hmm. there was like one second of rain. <laughs> there was there was a, a couple of moments of uh, the one hundred. But it, it's funny enough, I don't think they like sh- they shot anything new that. The stuff that they showed was I could, can remember it from like last season sizzle reel. So um hmm. yeah, I don't know. Anyway, whatever, gripes. <laughs> uh so that's really it for the news, but um we are gonna be talking about Patriot Brains, so I figured I'd use the news segment to reread um the um the letter from the writer of Patriot Brains, Rob Foreman. And just because it's so awesome, um, he really, he really uh, ex- went into it. He really wanted a guest on the show last year, and, and then he went into it with this letter. So, if folks, if you were uh, if you were around uh, when we were first talking about Patriot Brains, you might know this letter. It's uh, you can skip ahead a couple of minutes. Or if you were here and you're like Steph, and you have no memory of this whatsoever, uh, you might enjoy it. So. <laughs> Uh, I'll read, I'll reread this. This is from May 14th, 2015. Hey, Robin and Steph and podcast listeners everywhere. So that happened. RIP Lowell Tracy. I'm really, truly sorry. I feel your pain. I wish I could be on the podcast to chat all things Patriot Brains, but unfortunately scheduling got in the way. Uh, instead of cobbled together this insanely overlong apology and explanation and possibly discussion, jumping o- off point for our awesome podcast hosts to read, it turns out I have a lot to say. Let me clear something up that I've seen online really quickly just to get it out of the way. Yes, he is dead. Dead, dead. I know there was no shot of the bullet going through his skull, but everything to do with the fact that iZombie is aired in a broadcast network and nothing to do with the idea that we're jerks and lying to you and maybe he's really okay. There, hope extinguished, you're welcome, ish. <laughs> um, believe me when I say I'm as traumatized by the final death of Lowell as you are. Possibly more so because I was given the task of living in and writing this crazy roller coaster of a breakup, makeup, death storyline. I'm also a sick bastard, and so I'm sort of delighting in it. Because at the end of the day, when your audience feels something the way I've seen people have the feels about Lowell's demise at Blaine's hands, you know you, and by you, I mean all the writers, since we all talk about all these story points together, have done your job well somewhere along the way. I'll be honest, the pitch started off as Lowell getting kidnapped and tortured because I find guys covered in sexy wounds to be, well, sexy. And for some reason, I really wanted to write a torture scene. See above regarding Sick Bastard. Also, Major kind of has that covered in sexy wounds area covered. Also, yes, that was a Buffy reference. <laughs> uh, I can't believe I didn't remember that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> uh, continuing. Yeah, I can't believe it either <laughs> Anyway, pitches evolve And looking at the character arcs for our 13 episode Inaugural season, brief aside Woohoo, season 2 Rob Thomas decided that David Andrews Deliciously, dastardly Blaine Had to kill Lowell Oh, boy, were there arguments in the writer's room about this. We loved Lowell. We loved the amazing Bradley James as Lowell. But we knew if we were feeling such powerful emotions, then so would Liv and so would the audience. Lowell's death was the most impactful and personal way to motivate the next phase of Liv's journey and to make Blaine's evil affect her unlife life directly. I wouldn't dare spoil any of what her journey entails. You'll just have to tune in to episode 10 to see. The inevitable. Rose McIver played the final scene in episode nine to perfection. Her loss and guilt and horror and devastation are so palpable. Believe me, Liv is right there with the viewers in her shock, mourning the late Lol Tracy. Speaking of shock, I really want to give CW's promo department kudos for not doing a who will die trailer as it kept the final moments a true surprise. Being a Buffy fan, I actually decided to become a TV, TV writer because of Buffy and Joss Whedon. I was really honored that Rob Thomas trusted me with this first major important character death episode. Because I know from my days of obsessive fandom how much they matter to the fans. They have to be done right and for a reason. It also means I really pushed for the live well reconciliation and makeup sex. Not that it required a ton of pushing, show of hands who doesn't want to see Bradley James in nothing but boxer briefs. But to make Lowell's death all the more painful. Again, sorry. I've seen a lot of comments online about Liv's culpability and Lowell's death because she couldn't pull the trigger. That it was uh, a punishment for her inaction that she traded one bad person's life of one good person's life, and who knows how many more lives Blaine will take going forward. And aren't they all on Liv's hands? Maybe. I can only imagine how Liv feels. It's definitely not my place to tell anyone how to feel about something they've watched. Intention and authorship are different things. I'd like to say that I don't think it's quite as simple as it's Liv's fault because she couldn't kill Blaine. I actually don't think there's a right or wrong here, even from Blaine. It was self-defense, people. And that's the best, juiciest, hardest situation to be in as a writer. For me, this whole tragedy comes down to conflicting ideas about being a hero and the consequences of both action and inaction. Ravi references Hamlet, the play about the classic inactive hero, earlier to hint at this theme. We, have, we all have a different versions of heroism. Liv, a doctor by training, finds herself fighting against the borrowed nature of the sniper's brain she consumed. Remember, we've seen her kill before. In episode three, under the influence of the sociopath Hitman's brains, it destroyed her. She resolves to find another way. But Lowell isn't in Liv's brain. Even if they've shared the same brain omelet and even wind up sharing the same horrific vision of poor Jerome's death. That vision proves beyond a shadow of doubt. Everything Lowell vehemently denied to Liv earlier in the episode. Lowell may have gone on a harrowing journey in the 36 hours between his denial and the breakup fight with Liv and his devastating acceptance after digging up Grave as penance and confessing his horror... But now he's been freshly reminded of the silent role he played in Blaine's evil scheme. The reason he almost lost Liv. He attacks Blaine for revenge, for redemption, for love. And he dies as the man who he described the night before. As the man he believes Liv deserves. I think it's a good death. I also think it's a horrible death that could have been avoided if Lowell really were the weenie he claimed to be. But as Liv said, Lowell isn't a weenie. We met him jumping out of a plane. That's what makes it truly tragic. Laura reveals to the world, to Blaine, to Liv, and to himself, just who he is in that moment he decides to pick up that meat fork, and it gets him killed. I really loved writing this final chapter in the live well love story. I'm also still so devastated by it. We and Liv are somehow going to get through this. Then Blaine's going to pay. Extremely verbosely and with all due contrition, Robert Foreman. Rob, if you're out there (laughs) listening, thank you again. Um. Yeah, I just that letter is so awesome, and I just had to share it again. So there's that. <laughs> um. So we should talk about this episode, and uh, yeah, he does hit on several points here that um, I wanted to talk about. Um, I think the the whole first confrontation with Lowell and yeah, his denial of where he gets the brains from is is. Uh, it's great because how it pays off when he comes back and talks to Liv and is like saying like we eat people, you know. I don't know. I've done a lot of talking. Yeah, it's, do <laughs>
1: yeah it's just it's easy to uh, when somebody just hands you a brain. It's easy to be so distant.
0: Oh, we've all from been that. it.
1: <laughs> yeah, somebody just hands you a brain and you just eat it. And you don't think about where it comes from. Yeah. it doesn't matter. Right. But when you have to physically go out and get it. Yourself. Yeah, he talks
0: Reality about Reality like, sits in. He talks about like going to a funeral and standing there as they put the body in the ground and people all leave. And then he goes and digs it up and cracks the skull open. That's, you know.
1: Yeah, that's so much more um, intimate and real. He's been and living... interactive.
0: Yeah, yeah. He's really been living in a bubble uh, created by Blaine because it turns out that Blaine scratched him. I guess he kind of uh, figures it out. I mean, before when he was talking about his origins, like he said, he like woke up in a jail cell and he was a zombie <laughs> um, or drunk, yeah,
1: because they really yeah, these episodes they really hit on um, blaine 's love of music mm-hmm. and he 's just a big fan of Lowell, and he just says, I want to make him part of my world scratch
0: yeah. he's like he 's all excited to have that jam sash at lowell 's place, and Lowell <laughs> pulling out the guitars, you know. Um, so, but, uh, man, it is so painful when, I mean, we're just, we're living it. It's not like it's, you know, a fresh wound, but it's definitely a, a wound that's kind of reopened by it, it re-experiencing this storyline. And, um, I don't know. I, I felt like I was, you know, how you like first watch an episode live on TV and then we just jump on the podcast mics the next day and really not much of a chance to rewatch it, but I've had like almost two years to internalize this whole storyline and then to rewatch it again, uh, this week. I, you know, I just, I love really getting into the details of this.
1: Yeah, this show is supposed to be fun and delightful and light <laughs> and fluffy, and it, these episodes are not. They're so heavy.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's really, it's getting down to that. It mean, is episode nine of a 13-episode season, so they must have been like, all right, time to stop screwing around. First we, do, first we kill Lowell. Next we do. <laughs> yeah. Um, <clears throat> so... Uh, the astronaut brains thing gets brought up in this We'll get into that in the future
1: Yeah, see, I kept thinking that This astronaut was going to be more of a story Yeah You know, that, that there would be more to this
0: Yeah, I think I remember feeling that way too, yeah Um. Ugh. Oh, also, like, Ravi's whole worry about being turned into a zombie gets wrapped up really quickly in this episode.
1: Yeah.
0: I like how he's like asking all these questions about being a zombie and then, then Liv catches him sniffing brains. <laughs> <laughs> um let's see so yeah, this is this is also the episode where uh, Major um, gets goes goes to Deadlift's gym to investigate Julian and and ask about – he's got it in his head that this whole brain thing is like a, a bodybuilder thing that uh like the amino acids or something trigger – I have no idea or something in the brain. Yeah, this whole –
1: invest. Yeah. yeah, this investigation has led him to a gym and – uh he thinks that this is really a thing That like people are shooting up with steroids That people are eating brains Because this is the only explanation That makes sense
0: Right <laughs> Yeah exactly It's like there's a brain and a where, What do we think It's can't be Like he's not thinking about zombies at all And it's so funny how at the end of the next episode Mr. Berserk uh, Scotty brings up the zombie thing And he's like mm-hmm. And it's almost like oh Yeah <laughs> <laughs> That's also what ha- what you know eating brains is all about. Um so yeah this uh I, I forgot that actually during the whole drama with uh, uh live and Lowell and Blaine that Major was being like attacked at his apartment and of course he had that gun put away um
1: Chekov's gun. Chekov's
0: gun <laughs> under the old Uncle Vanya um and, uh, yeah, the Julian shows up to, you know, smash his, smash his fingers with a hammer. And, um, so, but, um, Major shoots him three times and gets away. Um,
1: and then brings. Go ahead. And then brings Clive to his apartment. And he's like, look, we were here and I shot him and I don't know where he is. And
0: I know. And,
1: and, oh, that was just so sad. And Clive so was sad. like. Are you taking any medication? Have you recently stopped taking any medication? Uh-huh. Oh, it's just so sad.
0: And and you know, Clive even mentions in the next episode, he's like, "No blood, no body, no bullet holes." You know, what am I to think here? And I don't. I always I always wonder, like discharging a gun like three times in a room, like there's that's got a smell. Maybe it doesn't. I don't know. I've never <laughs> never done mm-hmm. that before.
1: Well, and Clive picks up the the. Empty bullet.
0: Yeah, the casing. Yeah,
1: shell. The casing. Where'd
0: the bullet so go? So where does where does he think the bullet is? Yeah, maybe he thinks Major's like shooting outside his window, or I don't know. Um, yeah, the case in this episode isn't anything crazy. I mean, they they had the whole paintball arena thing set up weeks in advance, and I was very excited. I was thinking about the comics and how the vampires were in charge of a paintball arena. Um, Yeah. I remember Vampire Claire. (laughs) Um, uh, But, you know, I guess it was just kind of like a uh, subtle little bit of uh, fun meta stuff for comic book readers that this takes place in the paintball arena. Well,
1: and they uh, were making a commentary on veterans because he just came back from... Afghanistan. I think
0: that's it. <laughs> yeah, um, and of course we have the cameo from Wallace himself from Veronica Mars, Percy Daggs the Third, playing a total sleazeball. <laughs> um, it, yeah, it's funny. I remember last last time we discussed this, I picked up on the whole like. Drone Delivery Service, the name of it being called Euphrates But I never picked up on the whole thing How uh, Sean's company is called Remoticon (laughs) Which, gotta love it Um, (laughs) And uh, yeah, I think the only other thing I really liked was Again, the paintball sequence where Liv um, Takes down a bunch of fools (laughs) With her paintball gun I don't
1: know. Yeah, we had to have some action, yeah, so that yeah. was fun.
0: Oh yeah we we have another we have Luda the henchman who's a complete idiot.
1: Oh um, yeah, because they start. What did they ta- was, Luda? He he relieved himself in some rich man's house or something, in <laughs> yes. <to> the bathroom.
0: <laughs> if a guy's got a helicopter pad, don't use his bed. Ba- don't, don't go in his bathroom. Um. Yeah, and and of course this is. We're we're still continuing along the path of do we tell major do we not tell major and um,
1: yeah, Leo is just lying to him,
0: mm-hmm. and, especially and when,
1: Robbie feels guilty.
0: Yeah, especially when it's like Jerome's remains are found on the Shepherd's property, so that means Blaine must have murdered him. And you know, especially she's getting the vision of Jerome being for being murdered by Blaine. Of course, she knows Blaine murdered him, but. If his remains were found on the shepherd's property Obviously they were moved there Because the shepherds don't have anything to do with You know, zombies Um So yeah, this goes into uh, um, Mr. Berserk where Liv is in interrogation Um Because she's a suspect She says she was like driving around when Lowell Was killed and then when the police got to the scene She was like Holding his body She has blood on her um, but, for some reason, Suzuki is uh ruling it as a suicide really easy to cover it up for doesn't doesn't mention anything to her he doesn't come out to her but i don 't know what he was expecting her to think or you know mm-hmm. maybe, or maybe he maybe he didn't think that she knew anything about Blaine killing him, so she wanted him he wanted her to think that Lowell killed himself that 's probably what it was. Um. Buh, 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 buh. Oh yeah the the brain actually carries over into this episode because she starts having nightmares. She's having PTSD. Yeah. And uh so we get it's like not only do they torture us with Lowell being killed in the last moments of the previous episode, we get to see it. I think one or maybe two more times in this episode because she's having nightmares. Um. And yeah, I just love the decisions that get thrown their way. Like the responsibility that they have to take for the information that they have is, um, as people know about the zombie world, the do is, Robbie really thinks that it's a good idea to destroy Lowell's body and to not involved. Well, I mean, can't really involve the police in, in this because the police are involved with this already through Suzuki, but I, I just like the whole conversation we get, like if if Blaine ends up going to jail for the death of Lowell, um, he's going to be in a prison, he's not going to have access to brains, and yeah. So, I don't know. Um, what else? Um, Major is panicked, and Ravi is getting more and more conflicted about this, and Clive starts to investigate a little bit and goes to Deadlift's gym, and but um you know he finds julian benching 350 um, oh there was an awesome roger moment Hashtag #roger <laughs> that i wanted to mention do you, do you remember what is that
1: no what happened
0: um it, well major is this is before major really talks about how he's going to get himself committed get himself committed he's like packing a bag and ravi walks in and he's like you're leaving me what's his name And Major says, it's not important. Just know that what we had was real.
1: (laughs) Oh, yeah. (sighs) Uh,
0: What else? Uh, Yeah, so I like how this is getting more into the conversation of how – what should Liv do about this? Uh, What responsibility should they have for the knowledge that they have? The fact that Major is now committing himself and uh, Liv decides that – Major is more of a danger to himself Knowing if, if if he knew He would be more of a danger to himself If he knew that zombies exist Like this could be mm-hmm. This could be even worse of a situation He's buying guns He's shooting uh, And he's Yeah So uh, And it's great that Like right after that scene She goes out and gets shit faced And who does she call Major <laughs> And she's like Can you rub my back like you used to <laughs> I don't know. I remember being very irritated. I, I guess I still am a little bit. I just, I feel bad for Major. I feel bad for what he's going through and the fact that everybody, oh, yeah. his friends know, except for Clive, of course. Well, Clive's not really his friend, but, you know, Ravi and Liv know. And... But
1: they can't say, they're just in a position where this is the, the best situation. The, the best for the situation is for Major to think he's crazy. And yeah. that's so sad. Yeah.
0: So anyway, uh, we get into the case. The case is actually involved a, uh, somebody we've heard a little bit about, and we know that it's going to be a major player in season two, but, uh, Max Rager.
1: Yeah. Because what it's Mr. This and Mr. That Mr. Yeah. Berserk. Miss- and then they figure out, oh, it's Max Rager.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. People are, and, and of course, uh, The last one was like Mr. LW And it turns out it's Lake Washington And we finally get the connection Oh yeah That's the party Yeah, they were serving Max Rager on that boat And I like the little callback To, I mean she's like You know, Max Rager killed Rebecca Which is, you know, the journalist They killed Holly They call back the flight of the living dead And also um, We get some mentions of uh, Eliza Marquette Who was uh, trying to get that terrible that email that that implicated Max Rager the memo or whatever uh so uh the case leads live to track down Adele the receptionist and uh that's when uh our good friend Sebastian uh, Ooh. Abducts, abducts
1: I know the I had completely forgot about him <laughs>
0: yeah right oh he's so creepy I, I remembered uh. him as soon as like they showed the um they showed the vision of Rebecca falling down the stairs and like he, he lays next to her and looks in her eyes as he's taking her thumbprint on the phone. And you know, that's, that comes back up again when, uh, when he lays next to Liv um, on the boat and yeah, the stupid fool licks her blood, (laughs) (laughs) which I guess worked out for him because he, she mows him over with a boat (laughs) And uh, he comes back At the end of the episode Rolls up on the beach Washed up on shore Yeah Mm -hmm. The boat is called The Fun Fun Uh, The
1: Fun Fun?
0: Yeah Yep The Fun Fun I don't get it I don't know That's what it was called (laughs) Nothing nothing fun happening On that boat Uh, Oh I love when he says Oh Mother of Dragons (laughs) Before he gets a cinder block To the face uh, so yeah, we find out that like Adele, the receptionist, gets thrown overboard, and Eliza Marquette's probably at the bottom of that lake too. Uh, and uh, yeah,
1: it's so funny how recent pop culture references are now in shows. Yeah. you know, like used to, they were like old in in relation to the shows. Yeah. And now they're getting closer and closer.
0: Oh, I wanted to mention uh, Matthew McCall plays Sebastian, and he's actually on another CW show right now. Do you, do you know what it is? Uh, <laughs> well, it's not trivia time yet, I can tell you. <laughs>
1: uh, what is he
0: on? He plays Commander Steele on uh, Legends of Tomorrow. He's a hero. <laughs> really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well. Yeah. Huh. And we can't wrap up talking about this episode uh, uh without of course mentioning the great Von De Clark. Uh Stephen Vaughn uh, Stephen Vaughn. Oh, yeah. Stephen Wright uh starts on this episode. And it seems like his office is in like the sh- the showroom of a uh, uh of a dealership. Oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like it's not the awesome office like this is this must be like his downstairs office or something. Um <sighs> But yeah. All right. Well, I, this is a bit of a short episode. I think um oh, we have feedback. We got a bunch of feedback, but I I, I oh. don't want to let, get to that until um I first uh give you your trivia questions this week.
1: Oh my gosh, I'm going to do terribly. Okay. <laughs> I'm ready.
0: All right, here we go. And folks play at home. Uh number 1. <laughs> What was Kurt Cobain's first band?
1: Fecal Matter. Yes. That's the
0: point. <laughs> Number two, who is the astronaut that Blaine is told to harvest a brain from?
1: Oh Peter Paul p- 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 uh, Nope. <laughs> it seems that Philip Nope. Phil
0: Nope. Not even a P name.
1: <laughs> uh it's not a John.
0: <laughs> nope. No, it's no fun to listen to You want me to just tell you <laughs> Oh, It's right in the tip of your tongue
1: No, it's not I have no idea <laughs> The answer is Alan York Alan York yep. Which sounds so much like an astronaut.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right <laughs> Okay, number three What does Blaine tell Lowell Right before he shoots him in the head
1: I don't know. I I don't know.
0: He wouldn't say it's us, hopefully. He says you're a lousy host. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> Number four. When Clive sniffs at Liv's lunch, what does he think it is? Tuna fish? No shrimp.
1: <laughs> <laughs> is it shrimp?
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, number 5 what movie title does Adele call Vaughn when she talks to Liv? Like what does she refer to him as? He calls him by a movie title's name. Oh god, I have no idea. <laughs> American Psycho. Uh 1 point this week. Oh man.
1: Uh no. I know. I'm 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 a mess. I'm <laughs> just a mess.
0: It's okay. Uh and yeah, we're this is a very, I'm sorry folks, It's a very abbreviated episode uh, Mainly I need to rush along because uh, my family is falling like dominoes to a stomach flu outside my door So uh, <laughs> I'm really, really hoping I'm not going to be a part of that um, So, uh, alright, so let me read our email from Efrex He says Okay Hey guys, in between the fireworks of this week's episodes, there are a couple of really nice quiet scenes that impressed me greatly. In Patriot Brains, I was really moved by Lowell's We Eat People scene. I like how different people have very different reactions to zombieism, ranging from depression, Liv, Major, Natalie, Lowell, to triumphalism, Angus, Don E., and everything in between. Mr. Berserk. He calls him Mr. Berserker But it's Mr. Berserk has that fantastic sequence Where Major picks up Liv from the bar and tucks her in So many shows treat the romantic leads as just cute people to root for As they go through wacky misunderstandings But I'm really impressed as to how Liv and Major can really care for each other Even as they cause each other pain This is not an easy trick to pull off And the writers don't always get it perfectly But it's an attention to detail that I appreciate greatly Yeah, definitely I, I I agree. Uh, Major and Liv spend so much time in this season in their own storylines that you kind of start to forget that they're like almost like their own one true pairing. Like each of them think of them as that. Yeah. Um, All okay. right. Another great pair of scenes. Clive's telling Major to get help and Liv to go home when she's drunk. Malcolm Goodwin manages to simultaneously pull off being a strict by The book's cop while demonstrating Personal concern Again the writers and actors managed To pack a lot of emotion into just a few lines Yes we don't give enough credit To Malcolm Goodwin stuff We need to start
1: Was it these episodes where he was wearing The nice brown leather jacket
0: I have no idea
1: I think it was the last episode I never
0: pay attention to fashion
1: <laughs> Well you know Malcolm Clive wears some nice Mm-hmm. Clothes. I like, I like Clap's
0: clothes. Rose McIver's horror and grief-stricken faces in both episodes were just heartbreaking. This woman deserves an Emmy. Full stop. End of discussion. Yes, we agree. I'd only recently watched Wings with my wife, so seeing Steven Weber was a real treat for me. <laughs> I hope that he had half as much fun playing von du Clark as he seemed to. I think I called him by a different name just a l- moment ago. I'm gonna look forward to hearing that in the edit. you said
1: you said you said von du, what'd you say Von du?
0: <laughs> von did but did
1: you, <laughs> <laughs> von, did you corrected it? You, you corrected yourself.
0: Oh okay. Uh, slight continuity nitpick Slash confusion Why does getting shot in the chest cause Liv to go into full on Zombie mode in episode 1 But slow Julian down here Also I hope that somewhere in the great Tradition of nerd science fandom debates There's an online discussion of how Zombies metabolize alcohol And whether they should really Get drunk I'll just enjoy watching All the best EFREX <laughs> Yes <laughs> All the science conversations <sighs>
1: Yeah, like how vampires, uh, to get drunk, takes a lot of alcohol to make vampires drunk
0: Yeah, yeah um, I'll just say Liv's just probably tougher than Julian, that answers the first question And, and zombies I think get drunk
1: I, th- I think it's a matter of getting mad
0: Yeah, he was pretty mad already I don't know I have no idea. You know, it's it's almost like I feel like it injured him enough where he just kind of played dead for a moment and then waited mm-hmm. for him to leave and then slipped out the window or something. I yeah, no that's
1: idea. what I imagine. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right. And we have uh, comments on our Facebook page. That's facebook.com slash groups slash iZombiePodcast. And- oh, I took
1: Facebook off my phone for the... Upcoming weekend festivities.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right, well, I'll read these. Uh, They're both from Marissa. Uh, The first one's about Patriot Brains. The long dreaded episode has arrived Patriot Brains. Otherwise known as the episode where Lowell dies, frowny face. This episode was a roller coaster. First, Liv accuses Lowell of lying to her about where his brains are coming from and cuts things off with him as he tries to reason with her and tells her that he's in love with her. Then Lowell comforts Lowell, Liv comforts Lowell after he tearfully shows up at her door with a graved robbed brain and they make up. Oh and plot Blaine's murder. In the end, Liv decides she can't become a murderer like Blaine and abandons the plan. Unfortunately, right after that, Lowell gets a vision of Jerome being murdered by Blaine and after a heart tap and mouth, I love you to Liv, he tries to do the job himself and fails. iZombie finally had me all in on this romance in the same episode that they killed him off. Totally heartbreaking. Yeah, totally. Uh, I'm I'm so glad now I... Read that uh, email again at the top of the episode because I feel like we just ha- did not discuss that enough. We could, I could have done like another hour on just, just how heartbreaking that whole scene was. Uh, <laughs> uh, in other news, it was fun seeing Wallace from Veronica Mars on the show, even if his stepdad went way too far to secure the life he wanted for his new family. Mr. Berserk, on the other hand, is all about tragic consequences, zombie strategies, and introducing the evil that is Max Rager. We never like seeing our favorite characters in pain, so after Suzuki saves Liv slash Blaine from Lowell's murder investigation, it's easy to see why Liv is eager to drown herself in the bottom of a bottle being an alcoholic doesn't mean occasionally tying one on. We have to watch Liv be utterly unprofessional for once, showing up to work at various times late, hungover, drunk, and more critically, compromising an investigation by showing up to Max Rager as a vigilante pretending to be a cop. Her bravado and new skills get her part of the story, but also put her on Max Rager's radar, get a woman killed, and nearly get herself killed, get herself killed uh, by Sebastian. Yeah, I just... Ugh, man... That that and 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 I just the fact that next season, like uh, spoilers, Clive is going to break up with her for an episode. Um, this is really one of the first kind of dents in that relationship. How she goes after Vaughn like that, I I loved it, but I was also like, oh man, don't be an idiot.
1: <laughs> yeah, what are you doing? Stop.
0: <laughs> Meanwhile, Major is having his. Own problems. I was totally with Ravi and just telling Major the truth about zombies already. Until Liv made her valid-sounding at the time argument that Major would get himself into more trouble if he knew zombies were eating his runaway kids. So instead, Liv and Ravi let him check himself into a mental institution to be safe. Where show favorite Scott E spills the beans to major instead. Despite the heartbreak in these two episodes, I did really enjoy how they started taking the focus off the crime of the week and put it on the really interesting part, the ongoing zombie mythology. Moving on, it's time to dry our tears and enjoy the ride that is the rest of the season. Yes, and like I said before, the rest of the season uh, starts next week, or actually ends next week. We're going to be Talking about three episodes, folks um, And they are, Steph uh... <laughs> it, uh, I, uh, I'm putting you on the spot as I quickly look it up And try to coolly uh, say what it is <laughs> Alright, here it is Astro Burger, Dead Rat, Live Rat, Brown Rat, White Rat And Blames World and uh, if our schedules all sync up We're going to have our good friends Josh and Melissa from iZombieUZombie Zombie Here to discuss oh, Those good. three episodes Should be fun I'm almost all expecting right. us to run long We got three episodes to talk And two guests wow, That's so much trivia I gotta write <laughs> uh, Okay Well I don't know You got anything else to say Steph Before we Alright well, uh, hopefully our, our hearts will repair, uh, by next week. So we'll talk to you all then. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to the iZombie Podcast with Robin and Steph.
1: Send your feedback to iZombiePodcast at gmail.com.
0: Follow us on Twitter and on Facebook. Just search for Podcast, all one word.
1: All of our contact info is on our website, iZombiePodcast.com.
0: You can follow Steph on Twitter at Steph Smith.
1: You can follow Robin
0: as well at El @Robiniero. Our podcast logo is designed by D. Sheehan. You can find her work at Behance.net slash Deanna Sheehan. Also, a friend of the show, Cheyenne, contributes with Photoshops on our Twitter. Follow her at iZombieLove. Check out our other
1: podcast. You can listen to us binge-cast through teen dramas like Dawson's Creek and Popular. Just subscribe to We Don't Want to Wait on iTunes.
0: You can also listen to us occasionally talk about the Buffy spinoff, Angel, with our friends. Subscribe to Redemption Cast on iTunes.
1: While you're on iTunes, why not leave us a review? We do this in our spare time, so your ratings and reviews are much appreciated and helps us get seen by more iZombie fans.
0: And make sure it's on the correct feed. We are the iZombie Podcast with Robin and Steph. And we're done. You think anyone is still listening? Probably not. Zombies!